You're listening to Astroscope, astrology podcast by Mark Lerner and Great Bear Enterprises. This podcast is sponsored by Buzzword Consulting and Forfame.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to podcast number 76. It is Wednesday, February 10, 2021. And after offering the astrology of the rise to power of Kamala Harris, part one, we now present the astrology of Bitcoin, Tesla Motors, and Elon Musk. This new podcast contains the sunrise birth chart for Elon Musk on June 28, 1971, the Sun-Mercury retrograde union on February 8, 2021, the Sunrise Birth Chart of Tesla Motors Incorporated on July 1 of 2003, the Sunrise Birth Chart of Nikola Tesla on June 28, 1856, old, old style, new style, July 10, 1856, and the U.S. Birth Chart for July 4, 1776. Overall, this is the 76th, 76th podcast offered to the public since May of 2019. Okay, first of all, this is a preliminary report. There's a lot to cover. It is not going to be nearly as long as some of these recent ones of two plus hours or three hours. However, because we've just had a Sun-Mercury retrograde union, which is two days ago on Monday, February 8th, the same day that um, the richest person in the world now, Elon Musk, estimated wealth as of this month, $203 billion, born June 28, 1971, in Pretoria, South Africa, time unknown. Um, Because of his $1.5 billion investment in Bitcoin, that uh, Bitcoin went up 14 to 15% that particular day, residing at approximately 40 plus thousand dollars of Bitcoin. It has since in the last couple of days gone up, gone down. Uh, We'll get into all of this um, in a little bit. And Bitcoin, of course, is not the only cryptocurrency. There's dozens of them. Uh, This goes back to approximately 2009, which is one Jupiter cycle ago. We'll get into all of that when Bitcoin came into being. And then, of course, there was a rush of other ones, Litecoin, Ethereum, and now there are dozens throughout the whole planet. So we're going to go into cryptocurrencies in in a moment about how this connects up to currencies, to dollars, to land, to property, to banking, and so on. And some of those charts I will not be sharing at the current time, but the charts we are using, again, in this particular podcast, if you go wherever you listen to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, and so on, you want to go to our website at www.greatbearenterprises.com to the Mark Lerner Astrology Radio Astroscope section, and there's a folder there so you can see the various charts. If you go and listen to this elsewhere and you don't see the charts, then you're not getting the full presentation. So again, we've got charts for the Sun-Mercury retrograde union that just happened two days ago. This is very significant because when Elon Musk filed with the Security and Exchange Commission for the $1.5 billion in Bitcoin, um, there was this particular cosmic alignment. So as I'm sharing, I, I don't own any Bitcoin and I do not own any cryptocurrencies, just so you know. 
And although I know some people who are into all this and they've explained the compli complicated process of what Bitcoin is and what these other currencies are, my job here is to coordinate the cosmos and the chart for Elon Musk and for Tesla Motors from back uh, when it was incorporated, July 1, 2003, and the U.S. birth chart. Um, and it turns out, and I wasn't even planning to do this, although I've studied somewhat the history of the rivalry between Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison. Um, I wrote about uh, some of their connections many years ago, connected to Welcome to Planet Earth and an earlier part of our website now is Great Bear Enterprise. Formerly it was Earth Aqu Aquarius News. Now our news section is Aquarius, Earth Aquarius News at Great Bear Enterprises. That's where we have many different complimentary articles. Plus, I've just written a global hotspot, another complimentary section about the current Aquarius new moon that's about to happen tomorrow in Aquarius. So that's available for everybody, depending on when you uh, listen to me with this one. You can go to our website and see all these complimentary areas, including Astro Business Keys, to get as many complimentary things as possible. Also, of course, we have the Astrology Cosmic Calendar, three words, calendar with a K that you can get for free one day at a time for your iPhone or your Android phone. And I've been doing this for almost 40 years now, all the cycles in the sky, a very unique contribution to modern astrology. It used to be at the center of the magazine, newspaper magazine I did for 20 years in the 80s and 90s called Welcome to Planet Earth. It reached thousands of people in print. Great astrologers, all part of that, uh, what we would call mundane or earth astrology so i've i've had that hat on in my professional work of focusing on world leaders new moons full moons eclipses the start of seasons major planetary alignments as well as if you go to our website again in the astrology shop five different consultations that i've been doing for 47 years now and uh, most of them by telephone consultation prices from 99 dollars to 310 dollars if you need a reading on your natal chart your transits and progressions. I've shared so much in these podcasts going all the way back to May of 2019 about the United States progress chart, what's what we call secondary progressions. And hopefully a lot of you have learned a, lo a lot about progressions and maybe ordered some of these different reports we have. Right now there's a special because of Valentine's Day, 25% off across the board on all the different computerized re reports that we have, reports like Skylog, Skylog, Timeline, Life Progressions. There's so many different reports. And if you haven't gotten into your progressions, your secondary progressions, you really need to do that because it's a deeper level beyond the day-to-day -day transits that affect your, your life and, of course, your natal chart. As I've shared before many times, do not forget about the Astrology Cosmic Calendar, that we're all walking cosmic calendars. Each one of us, our birth charts, are the moment of time in space of who we are as souls and spirits at the moment that we incarnated. And those charts are all of everyone who's ever lived, living now, and will ever live. There are frozen moments of the sky. So we are all cosmic calendar entities, shall we say, interacting with one another with our transits and not only secondary progressions, there's solar arc progressions, there are different kinds of progressions. But if you don't study progressions, which go back to the time of your own birth, that year, the weeks and months after that, then you're missing an enormous dimension of what makes you tick, what your cycles are, the in-depth 
psychology, emotions, soul growth that you're involved with. So you don't want to just li limit yourself to learning about your sun, moon, planets, rising sign, the four main asteroids, Chiron, the nodes of the moon, and the transits. You got to get into your progressions. So we make it easy on the website because there are the computerized reports. They don't. It could, it could be sent to you within 24, 48 hours usually uh, as attachments to email, and they're based on your exact birth data, month, day, and year. Hopefully, if you have your time, as close as possible, birth time, a.m. or p.m., and usually found on a birth certificate or a baby book or a birth record, city, state, and country of birth. You can get all these different kind of reports. We've got 15 different kinds of reports, and there are a lot of specials going on right now. So check the Great Bear Enterprises website, and you'll see all the different reports that we're doing and so on. Okay, so enough advertising and marketing, which, as I've explained, I don't like doing and I've never liked to do. But in order to keep uh, things going in, in the business world with the pandemic and everything else, uh, just like so many other organizations, we can suffer here at Great Bear Enterprise. There's no guardian angel, spiritual guardian angel with millions of dollars or thousands of dollars that put puts money into our bank account and so on. So we rely on all of your orders and all your support, which I feel very grateful to all of you. I've been on Coast to Coast um, 25, almost 30 times since 2004. And thanks to George Norrie and uh, the producer there who has generously uh, gotten me on board there. So if you decide to be a Coast to Coast insider, and again, I don't work for them, but I am off and on there. Um, and I was on there on January 7th, which is only a little over a month ago. You become a Coast to Coast insider, you get podcasts from them. And I think it goes back at least five years, and it's only something about $6 a month. Um, so look into that and that way you can listen to a lot of the things I've shared over the last several years. Also with our own astrology cosmic calendar, it's free one day at a time. So you should definitely at least do that. But for pretty much about 15 or 16 cents a day, if you get a one year subscription, then you can go into the future. Right now, the future is five weeks into the future. I just finished doing uh, cosmic calendar entries to March 17th. Today is February 10th. That means we're going five weeks into the future where you can just look forward two days from now, 10 days from now, a month from now, and you can work with future planetary alignments, new moons, full moons, quarter moons, moon conjunct Venus, trine Venus, the different alignments that are favorable or challenging, things like void moons and be able to look forward and plan and strategize to take advantage of all the har harmonious alignments and avoid days and time periods that are challenging. That's the advantage to getting a cosmic calendar subscription. So let's go back to kind of the beginning here. What, why are cryptocurrencies so important? Why did Elon Musk, um, who we know is an uh, eclectic, iconoclastic rebel, he's got He's, we know he's involved with so many different things. He wants to send human beings to, to Mars. He's got his SpaceX program. He's got a connection to solar energy in a company called Solar City. You can go to Wikipedia and other places and learn about his life. I'm not here to explain all of that to you. So my, my job here is to sort of look at what is going on here. What, what just happened this week? Why 
at a Sun-Mercury retrograde conjunction, which my great teachers, uh, the eminent astrologers, Dane Rudger and Dr. Mark Edmund Jones, um, whenever the Earth and, the, and Mercury retrograde and the Sun line up is what we might call a new Mercury. And this can only happen when Mercury is retrograde. A lot of you, unfortunately, think that Mercury retrograde is bad and negative. I'm not saying that Mercury retrograde is perfect. We always have to be careful when any celestial body is in retrograde motion. But from the sun's standpoint, again, I've shared before, there is a heliocentric solar-oriented astrology as well as the one that we always use here on Earth, what we would call geocentric astrology. But because we're 93 million miles away from the sun, at the same moment that we're all born on Earth, we also have a heliocentric chart from the sun's perspective. And uh, again, I've mentioned Michael Erlewine in particular, who has created at least all the reports that I sell are designed through Matrix Software and that particular software firm. So if you do decide to order Timeline or Skylog, we've got, uh, we're still continuing our three-in-one special, what's called the Sky Within Natal Report, a one-year Skylog report on transits and progressions, and an advanced numerology report for $89.99, normally around $135. And that is a bargain to get into two of these reports, which are designed by the great astrologer Stephen Forrest, who used to write for Welcome Planet Earth back in the 1980s. And so these uh, computerized reports can give you an enormous amount of information. Plus, there is a numerology report that focuses on your numbers based on uh, your full name at birth and your month, day, year, year of birth. You can get into vowels and consonants and the soul qualities of your birth name, as well as your numbers, your key numbers, particularly for 2021, 2022. So take a look there at Graper Enterprise in the Astrology Shop in the Astrology Report area. As I said before, um, if you decide you want to have a consultation and really get into transits and, and progressions, then there are five different consultations that I do. And I've been doing these uh, since for 47 years, thousands of readings all over the planet, wherever I've been. Okay. So back to Sun-Mercury retrograde, uh, again, we have one of the podcasts I did, and I mentioned this before, Podcast 25. Originally, I think I did it in November of 2019. If you go to Mark Lerner Astrology Radio Astroscope at Graper Enterprises, Podcast 25 is about the truth about Mercury retrograde. And there, if you haven't listened to it yet, I, uh, it's from a cover story I ran back in 2000 the last year of Welcome to Planet Earth about the truth about Mercury retrograde and had done cover stories earlier from years before that using the chart for the United States at the Declaration of Independence born July 4th 1776 guess what Mercury retrograde and then the New York Times that a former president would always say the failing New York Times born in September of 1851, you guessed it, Mercury retrograde. So that's just an example. And what I did with that podcast is I added famous people from the past and the present who are born with Mercury retrograde. And as I've shared before, I have a gripes with a lot of astrologers who report how bad and negative Mercury retrograde is. We're in a current Mercury retrograde that ends on February 20th. And what I've been trying to articulate for decades now is Mercury retrograde as well as other retrograding planets are not negative. They're not bad. In fact, they're more powerful when a planet is retrograde. It's it's basically expressing its independence from the sun and the moon, which to some extent are almost autocratic in the fact that 
They are the two lights in astrology. Of course, they're so crucial in any birth chart, the sun and the moon, as I've shared many times before. But they are always moving forward, whereas Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Chiron, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, the other asteroids have been discovered between Mars and Jupiter, um, celestial bodies like Chiron and Chiriklo, part of Centaur group of bodies between Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune out there. And then these outer planets have been discovered over the last 20 years or so. Eris, Sedna, Maki Maki, Haumea, Ixion, Varuna. These are just a sampling of so many different ones. I've mentioned Chaos as well. Um, these are bodies beyond Pluto and what we call them the Kuiper, Kuiper Belt and uh, the Oort Cloud far away. And so nobody gripes about the fact, or at least I don't see griping on the internet or in different places about, oh my God, Saturn is retrograde, which it does five months out of every year. Same thing with Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and these outer planets, as well as Chiron, which so many astrologers now use. Jupiter itself is retrograde four months out of every every year. And as I shared once before, which was introduced to me um, from the Magi Society, I didn't know this. It turns out in a birth chart, the only way that you could have what is considered to be a very harmonious Sun-Jupiter trine of 120 degrees, trines have always been considered uh, inspiring, uh, opening people to all kinds of knowledge and wisdom. The only way you can be born with Sun-Jupiter trine is if Jupiter is retrograde. It can never happen when Jupiter's direct. It has to do with the structure of the solar system. And that's the way you want to think about retrograding planets. They're part of a greater picture of the structure of our solar system. And let's remember who we really are. We're on Earth, as I shared before, if you study Edgar Casey, if you study Rudolf Steiner, if you study, as I shared so much where I work before going to Fintorn, lucistrust.org, the Lucis Publishing Company, and all these books by Alice A. Bailey, who was inspired by her teacher, the Tibetan master DK, for 30 years. And back in the 1800s, the Tibetan master DK had been the inspirer um, of another person who was part of the Theosophical Society for, for about 30 years, Helena Blavatsky. So these different teachings are that humanity is a solar systemic species. We are not relegated to just living on Earth. Now, when I say living, we have life and energy re regarding Venus and its orbit, Mercury and its orbit, even the sun. My literary mentor, the British writer D.H. Lawrence, wrote a lot of things, not just about his beautiful novels, his travelogues, his incredible poetry. He wrote a lot of philosophy. He also tuned into the power of the sun in different ways. I was just tuning into his last book called Apocalypse, which he wrote um, around 1929. He died in 1930 right at the discovery of Pluto and the beginning of the Great Depression. And so at another point, I'm going to bring up um, my literary mentor, D.H. Lawrence, who at one point, I wrote 100 plus pages of a book that I still have back in 1974, which I wanted to publish about the astro an astrological portrait of D.H. Lawrence. Uh, I don't know how many of you know about him, but he was a rather incredible individual, very prolific living only 44 plus years, an amazing life story of this particular person who was born a couple of years before Adolf Hitler, born in 1885, and he lived until March 2nd of 1930. 
And so I studied a whole lot about his life. Um, I was into English literature for a long time before I decided to become a, um, a major in uh, social science and eventually convert everything to becoming a professional astrologer. But nevertheless, I will share more about this last book that he wrote called Apocalypse, where he reinterpreted Revelation from the Bible, uh, the last book of the New Testament, which apparently came into being toward the close of the first century AD. And it's, it's quite an amazing story because we use that term a lot. In fact, there was a movie uh, not too long ago called, um, well, we talk a lot about Apocalypse. Uh, uh, apocalypse. We've had movies like Armageddon, uh, Direct Impact, and things like that uh, about the end of the world. And Apocalypse is more of the word really for revelation. But we'll get into that another time. It's a remarkable book. It's a thin book that he wrote at the end of his life. So at any rate, that was came into being around the time of the stock market crash and when Pluto was discovered in 1930. So that'll be something that'll be a whole separate thing I'll get into another time. Now, about Sun with Mercury retrograde. So what happened was at the start of this week, and it was very interesting, uh, doing the cosmic calendar, I have all different notes. And so I woke up Monday morning, February 8th, looked at my phone and see uh, Elon Musk invests $1.5 billion in an SEC uh, filing into Bitcoin. So on my phone, I have an app that relates to um, I think CNBC, I guess it is. And I can look there. Uh, to, I often will take a look at commodities, what's going on with gold, what's going on with silver, just to know what that's all about. And also just to see about cryptocurrencies, mostly Bitcoin, because I have a, a friend, a very close friend who's been into this for many years and just been following all of that. And so I see it's gone up like 14 percent, 15 percent. So let me share about this whole background of cryptocurrencies for a moment. I have been sharing as part of these podcasts about the phenomenon of Jupiter and Saturn coming together every 20 years. Okay, this has been known by astrologers. We go all the way back to 700 or 800 BC, Mesopotamia, the Middle East. So the astrologer astronomers of ancient times we could see this. They didn't. Need, they didn't need telescopes at that point because Jupiter and Saturn can be visible. So the ancient, the ancient astrology was the Sun and the Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. That's how we get the seven energies, which gives us the seven days of the week, the seven colors of of the rainbow, the seven notes of musical scale. It goes back to Pythagoras and all kinds of things, the harmony of the spheres, and so on. So ancient astrology without a telescope till we get to the Galileo time period of like 1610, Galileo starts seeing the moons of Jupiter, telescopes start being um, invented and worked on. So then we eventually wind up discovering Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, different asteroids, Ceres, Pallas, Athena, Juno, and Vesta in the early 1800s and so on. We discover all these celestial bodies and now we have all these incredible telescopes. But if we go back in ancient times, we didn't have smog, um, and so the, what was happening, what we would call the magi, the shamans, the mentors, the people who look at the stars, look at comets, different eclipses and so on throughout recorded history. Uh, we, we know that Jupiter and Saturn is the largest planets. They come together approximately every 20 years. And when they come together, they usually come together once, but they can come together three times depending on retrograde motion. 
any rate, this goes all the way back. We have records to 700 some odd BC. Now, if the Library of Alexandria had not been burned several times and then destroyed back around the time of Julius Caesar and that time period, the shift between BC and AD, that would be an extraordinary find because then we'd be able to go back even further about astronomy and astrology and all kinds of ancient civilizations and things that we know nothing about um, because we lost all these papyri and records that were in the Library of Alexandria. So that's a, a, a horrific kind of a thing that we don't have those records. Nevertheless, what happened was is that, as I've shared before, there's a 794 year cycle of Jupiter and Saturn moving through fire signs for about 180 plus years, every 20 years, and then through earth signs and then air signs and water signs. And so these are called mutational changes. The whole cycle is almost 800 years. It's pretty much exactly 794 years. And what happens is, is that if we go back to the 1600s, that was a time period when Jupiter and Saturn were, were connecting every 20 years in air signs. And this went on for about 180 years. Now, every so often there's an anomaly. So like in the, in the cycle of every 20 years, Jupiter and Saturn in fire signs, eventually at some point there was a Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Earth, and then it went back to fire. And this is around the time that America came into being, as an example. So before the birth of the United States at the Declaration of Independence in July of uh, July 4th, 1776, the previous conjunction there was in a fire sign. Eventually, we get to 1841. And in 1841, Jupiter and Saturn come together uh, in Earth signs. And then the, that continues, 1841, 1861, 1881, starting at the end of 1980 and then in March 81 and then in July of 81. And then 20 years ago, or now it's almost 21 years ago at the time of Bush v. Gore and that contested election, in May of that year, Jupiter and Saturn are in conjunction in Taurus in the last decadent or last year of Taurus. And therefore, and this is what I had written about in Welcome to Planet Earth and I've shared in recent podcasts about this. I wrote about the fact if we go back 20 to 22 years, that eventually we would have Jupiter, Saturn come together in Aquarius. And that's what just happened. That's what the astronomers and people a couple of months ago, or well, it wasn't even a couple of months ago, it was, it was December um, that we were having the winter solstice in the Northern hemisphere. And at the same time, Jupiter and Saturn came together and merged at the beginning of Aquarius. Now I had shared also from the heliocentric view there was also a Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. It happened earlier, and I shared about this, and I put the chart out of one of the podcasts um, that had to do with when I was doing the series of podcasts about the election, uh, the election, the inauguration, that from the heliocentric view, there was also a Jupiter-Saturn conjunction uh, at one plus degrees of Aquarius on November 2nd of 2020. On the eve of the election, Jupiter and Saturn actually came together from the sun's viewpoint. We had to wait on Earth for the geocentric conjunction at the beginning of Aquarius, which was at the winter solstice, December 21. Now that we are not even two months into this Jupiter-Saturn cycle in Aquarius. 
why am I bringing up Jupiter, Saturn, and Aquarius relating to cryptocurrencies? And that's because the whole shift from Jupiter and Saturn in Earth signs that started in 1841, then 1861, 1881, 1901, and so on. Jupiter and Saturn are the two largest planets in the solar system. They are the mover and shakers having to do with profession, for career, for business, for owning things, for creation of wealth, for positions of power, and so on. So Jupiter and Saturn in the Earth signs from 1841, except for the anomalous time period when Ronald Reagan became president, almost was assassinated, then we've been living in these times. And what the function is of Jupiter and Saturn as they've been in the Earth element for since 1841, which has now just ended, that's where we have the focus on the material world of owning a house, of having a lot of money, of investing in stocks and bonds and doing everything that has to do with accumulation of money where we gauge everything based on wealth and power again as i've shared before the the, the last administration represented that america finally connected to plutocracy government by what wealth and often wealth means corruption and power now it doesn't mean that under democratic administrations we haven't had corruption of course on both sides of the aisle, there is corruption. But in the most recent um, presidency, we finally had a president who would boast about, oh, um, the Forbes says I only have three or four billion dollars of wealth. In fact, as I've shared before, somewhat humorously, when when uh, Donald Trump became president and he was saying Forbes is lying, I'm really worth at least ten billion dollars, and so on. He never liked to. Um, the former president always felt he was being disparaged by people in positions of power, whether it was Forbes, whether it was the National Football League, whether it was the gaming industry, whether it was real estate, everywhere he has been involved. And I come from New York, so that's why I share these ideas. My first 25 years and knowing, reading the newspapers and tuning into everything with radio and TV and being a, a writer back at Michigan State University 52 years ago, 1968, through 1970, 71, the, I, was, I was a New Yorker until I eventually left New York City at age 26 and eventually went to Scotland at Findhorn into uh, the time I was 29 um, to 30 and 31 and eventually uh, lived in Massachusetts, Wisconsin and came out to the West Coast in Oregon back in 1984. And so I've been living on the West Coast for now 36, almost 37 years. But I still have my New York City background. I'm born in the same borough four years after Donald Trump. So I understand a lot about what what and who Donald Trump was with his real estate, his, his gambling empire, his going to military academy, his different uh, uh, relationships and life and divorces and things like that. And even on the West Coast, I followed the first the first year that he had the, the, the Apprentice on TV. I watched some of those episodes and I tuned into some of the things, the art of the deal. Uh, from afar, and then also watched as he succeeded for over 14 years with uh, the Celebrity Apprentice and so on. So I, I can tune into all of that. But the point is, is that we had our first real president who was a billionaire. And that means government by, uh, by Pluto, by what we call plutocracy or government by the wealthy. And we had people like Betsy DeVos and a number of other people in the administration who were also billionaires, not just having millions of dollars, but having billions of dollars. 
And so now, of course, um, I've said before, the danger in all this is the United States Pluto is about to come back. We were born as a country, Declaration of Independence, July 4th, 1776. Pluto has a cycle of about 247 years. And if you add 247 to 1776, you get 2023. But what's actually going to happen, because there's a little bit of a early connection, starting in February of 2022 and two more times in 2022, Pluto comes back to where it was the United States birth chart. And currently we're dealing with death and rebirth, transformation, the underworld, all these connections to Pluto, as well as dealing with wealth and corruption and all kinds of things. Uh, we just went through the January 6th event of insurrection against the actual capital, almost to the point of uh, hanging of Mike Pence or a kidnapping and killing of Nancy Pelosi and all kinds of other things that could have happened had it gone uh, more uh, more negative than it actually was. And of course, five people died, including police officers. And now we have that trauma for our country, just as we're about to hit the 20th anniversary of 911 um, in September of this year. So now we're going to have January 6th as this key date every year. And uh, as well as I shared in a previous podcast, we've got the April 19th problem, which goes back to militias and all kinds of, uh, from the right wing, going back to... Um, Ruby Ridge days and going back to Waco, um, that particular conflagration in Texas, taking 70 plus lives of the Branch Davidians, David Koresh and many children, that ended very tragically um, on April 19 of, of 1993. And Timothy McVeigh, who later perpetrated the Oklahoma City bombing, was actually there. And then two years later, exactly on April 19th, we had the worst um, terrorist event before 911. That was in Oklahoma City at, at the bombing of the FBI building, which also took many children's lives who were in a daycare center. So over 160 or 170 people were killed. Hundreds more uh, were wounded in the Oklahoma City bombing. And then, if I'm not mistaken, the Ma Boston Marathon bombing was, was also, um, or explosions that took place there, and killing of several people, terrible injuries took place I forget the exact year now. I don't have that in front of me, but I believe that was also on April 19th. And this connects back to the Battle of Lexington and Concord um, a year before the Declaration of Independence, um, April 19th of 1775, which at certain points was considered the shot heard around the world of the fighting on a more military level, even before the Declaration of Independence between um, colonists in, in the United States up in uh, Massachusetts, uh, against the British Redcoats. So at any rate, what we've got here is a situation of now Jupiter and Saturn are in air signs. Okay, so we now have Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius. In fact, tonight, as I started this, late Leo was rising and we have a whole group of planets. Saturn, we have in, in Aquarius, uh, Saturn, Venus, Jupiter, Mercury, the Sun, and Pallas. Six celestial bodies. Now this will be significant as I get into looking at the chart for Elon Musk, going back to um, when Bitcoin came into being 12 years ago, again, as I said before, part of the reason for Bitcoin now exploding in its value, and there are so many different people, and again, I, I'm not saying this is going to happen. They've been talking about Bitcoin going from uh, a couple of years ago, at one point it was at 20,000, went back to 10,000 of Bitcoin, then about a year ago in March of 2020, it had suffered quite a bit. It was down, I don't know, to 8,000 or 5,000. 
and it's made this remarkable climb throughout 2020, partly because of the pandemic, other changes regarding world currencies and so on, uh, and the loss of millions of jobs in the United States and people's livings, and which were still in jeopardy, not just here, but around the world, of people losing their incomes, losing their places where they live, uh, needing to find food. It's just been horrific, as well as all the deaths that have been happening and all the question marks about vaccines and whether we ever get to a herd immunity, because we've got so many people who are anti-vaxxers who will never want to get a vaccine, no matter what kind it is and no matter what anybody is saying, unfortunately, I think. I mean, I'm not saying that getting a vaccine is perfect, but I do come from a medical family. My dad, my uncle, both doctors, both fantastic general practitioners who did house calls and were very kind and loving and their patients loved them. So that was a different era and a different time. And I have cousins who are doctors as well. So being raised in a medical family, when I got into astrology, as I've shared before, I got into medical astrology as well. So that's why I've studied a lot about supplements and vitamins, um, all kinds of things about taking garlic and history of, of medicinal herbs and folk folk medicine and so on. So I've studied it quite a bit and it's helped me a whole lot in order to deal with some of my own issues regarding health. And once in a while, I'll talk to other people who have health problems and we'll, we'll discuss these kind of things because um, every part of the body um, is related, every organ of the body and the different uh, systems of the body, the immune system, the skeletal system, the endocrine system, the circulatory system, and so on. They're all connected to different planets as well as different signs of the zodiac and also different angles, uh, the, the trine angle of 120 degrees or squares of 90 degrees or oppositions of 180 degrees and sextiles of 60 degrees and so on, depending on what is going on in the birth chart, what houses, planets are in and so on. Okay, so the difference now is that we have Jupiter and Saturn, the two largest planets in Aquarius. And as I've shared before, 20 years from now, Jupiter and Saturn will come together in Libra. Then 20 years after that, in 2060, they'll come together in Gemini. Then in 2080, which is 60 years from now, we'll have another Jupiter-Saturn conjunction Aquarius. Do you see what I'm saying here? Jupiter and Saturn are now in air signs. That's one of the big things. It's a change of element. In astrology, we have the four main elements, fire, earth, air, and water. So one of the challenges about being in the air element is what we now see with the pandemic. The fact that we now are, we need to recognize more about all these viruses by destroying or having our climate change and not taking care of the earth in many ways that we can take care of it. Again, there's global warming, there's global freezing. I mean, we, it's not just one issue. We do have a heating up of the planet. It may not all be caused by human interaction. We have the power of the sun. We've got things like volcanoes and all kinds of other things that can happen that influence the earth and change melt glaciers and things like that. But we've definitely been polluting the planet through oil and gas and drilling and all kinds of things. And we've been destroying forests. And when you do that on a global scale, this is all part of the, the shadow side of Jupiter and Saturn in earth signs of accumulating money. Things that I've shared before, the history of America and Western powers in particular in the Middle East, in Africa and other parts of the world, what we, we call imperialism colonialism in order to extract oil from what we call Iraq or Iran. This is part of the reason why the Middle East is, is constantly an area of fighting because we have gone in there, when I say we, whether it's European powers and, uh, and the United States to go in, do to these different areas and 
change leadership and hunt for oil and do all these kind of things. Now with the air signs, things are turning virtual. The whole beginning of the internet, of email, of 24-7 online, superhighway, all of these things that we now take for granted, iPhones, instant communication, and so on. Now, in many ways, again, with Facebook, with Twitter, with YouTube, with all of these different places, we are inundating ourselves in a way that is causing so much havoc. Now, some of it is great to have instant communication, for us to be aware, to do all of these different things, but it has a shadow dimension. So now we need to tune in much more to working together through communication, which is part of Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius, the universal air sign. And we will continue for about 180 years, well into the 22nd century, with this explosion of information and ideas and the virtual world. And so what Bitcoin and Litecoin and Ethereum and all these other different kinds of um, alternative currencies or values of currency are all about is a shift away from banks, a shift away from the dollar, a shift away from all currencies in the world. Now the question is how fast will this, what I call a wild west, uh, in other words, which of these currencies will, will sort of uh, be left standing? Obviously you can't have hundreds and hundreds of these virtual currencies. Now Bitcoin is the, the, is the most is the most well-known. I mean, I think I can say that pretty clearly. And that's why uh, Elon Musk decided just two days ago, again, when the Sun and Mercury were lined up. Again, Sun-Mercury retrograde, which happens every four months, is not a negative phenomenon. In fact, it's the beginning of a four-month cycle um, where the Sun, the Earth, the Sun, and Mercury have this dance and what happens is during the three-week time that the Sun and Mercury, uh, that Mercury is retrograde, we have this, what we call, an, it's like a new moon, a new Mercury. And it happened two days ago, exactly at the time that Elon Musk invent, in, uh, invested $1.5 billion into Bitcoin and made the whole thing skyrocket. Now, of course, there's a danger of a bubble. We just had the whole issue a week or two before through Reddit of the GameStop kind of thing, of, of people outside the system trying to take down hedge fund people, a kind of rebellion um, to see how far they could go and push up a particular kind of um, game stock and things like that. So again, we're in a kind of revolutionary time period. Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius. Aquarius has been a sign said to be ruled by Uranus, the first planet discovered after Saturn. The planet was that was discovered March of 1781 um, at the end of the American Revolution that changed the course of the 13 colonies that had basically been on the verge of de defeat against the British Empire. And then s several months later at Yorktown in October of 1781, again, after Uranus had been discovered in England in March of, of 1781, suddenly America is victorious. And then after that victory in 1781, we get 16 years later, the beginning of the Constitution, and uh, 18 years later, the beginning of, of the uh, federal government of the United States, 1789. So um, Uranus is a part of this revolutionary energy, and it is considered the ruling planet of Aquarius. So Jupiter and Saturn now in Aquarius, we have this change where things are related more to the air element. And air is communication, it's correspondence, it's why, in a sense, the internet, 
or the online universe, the World Wide Web, whatever you want to call it, has developed over the last 20 plus years. I remember email starting around 1995. And of course, we got Al Gore, everybody laughed at, who people were, were saying, oh, he thinks he invented the, the internet, yeah, things like that. And again, Al Gore, who really won the election 20 years ago by half a million votes, and um, that we had the whole contested uh, hanging chads of Florida, and you can go back and relitigate or look at all that. Nevertheless, Al Gore wound up uh, conceding that election and then becoming a multimillionaire many times over in certain purchases that he made regarding Al what we call Al Jazeera television station and things like that. He, he invested his money really wisely. And so he's a multimillionaire many times over, um, having not become president of the United States. Uh, again, of course, he's well known for his work about um, climate change and all the perils that we have over the last 20 plus years. I believe he won, he and somebody else won the Nobel Peace Prize uh, due to uh, due to one of his great documentaries about what the plight of particularly low-lying areas like Miami, Miami Beach, coastal areas around the United States and other parts of the world because of the melting of the glaciers and uh, climate change that are going to be, um, I guess, his film, Incon uh, An Inconvenient Truth, and different documentaries as well as a book on that particular subject. At any rate, that's going a little far afield. But now that I've at least established the whole cryptocurrency realm is connected to the air science. And so we're in that realm now. But what happened was, um, I'm not giving out the exact chart, but a friend of mine has shared with me that approximately it was 12 years ago, just so you know, that Bitcoin uh, sort of came into being. And I believe that was the first of the cryptocurrencies. There's a lot of mystique or mysteries about all that. But the point is, is that we just had the Jupiter return. And when you have a Jupiter return, that happens approximately every 12 years. The Jupiter cycle, as I've shared, is about is actually 11.86 years. A couple of podcasts ago, I, I gave a, I shared about an article I wrote back 20 plus years ago uh, about Jupiter's return cycle, 83 years. So it, we would think that Jupiter, which has a 12-year cycle, if we just multiply 12 times 7, we get 84 years. It would seem if Jupiter's uh, orbital cycle was exactly 12 years, then it would come back every 84 years, 12 times 7. But because Jupiter's cycle is actually 11.86 years, we have the situation where every 83 years, Jupiter is exactly day by day, pretty much exactly going back over the same exact degrees of the zodiac where it was 83 years before. And that's what led me in a recent podcast to sort of raise some alarm bells about the fact that 1937 and 2020 were correlated. And again, all kinds of things happen in the prelude to World War II in 1937. And now 2021 is a Jupiter return cycle of 83 years from 1938. And 1938, as I shared before, one of the uh, most challenging things happened in the fall. Uh, particularly in September and October, when uh, Neville Chamberlain came back from a meeting in Munich with Hitler, waving a piece of paper. This Again, this was in, uh, I think it was September 30th. I don't have the day right in front of me, but it was back in September of 1938, and the Prime Minister of England before um, we get Churchill was Neville Chamberlain. And you can even go to the Wikipedia area and listen to what he said when he came back flying in from Munich 
about peace in our time because he had the signature of Adolf Hitler. And Adolf Hitler was, um, this basically meant that he was caving in on what we call Czechoslovakia and population uh, of Germans living in what was considered a, a, a disputed area of, of Czechoslovakia. So in a sense, the, the Czech people uh, were thrown under the bus at this particular point in order for Great Britain to get a signature of Adolf Hitler. And then um, on October 30th of 1938 is the famous uh, Orson Welles Mercury Theater a rendition of the War of the Worlds on radio, which led to our Congress investigating this whole scenario, and in a sense was a prelude of the fact that the idea of Martians landing in, in the modern rendition was in New Jersey. Of course, this was an H.G. Wells book, The War of the Worlds. It goes back to the 1890s when, when that particular storyline was about the English countryside, but the way the Mercury Theater um, portrayed all this, this is a young Orson Welles, uh, even though there were advertisements on the radio, this is a whole big thing. Um, eventually, the, I remember uh, at a bookstore, oh, about 15 years ago, when we were still going into bookstores very frequently instead of ordering things online, um, there was a whole series of, of, of CDs about this whole event, which again was October 30th, um, Halloween weekend of 1938, uh, the Mercury Theater on radio, and even though they would periodically on the radio say, this is a, a new rendition of H.E. Wells' books, The War of the Worlds, um, it was so lifelike that people in New Jersey, where this was supposedly taking place, that Martians were landing, people were scared, they were calling their radio stations, they were calling their news stations, um, they were running, running out of their houses thinking that Martians had actually landed. So there was a whole investigation. So 1938, and a lot of the things I, I mentioned before, research about polio vaccine at that particular point was very prominent. And then next year, 2022, the same year when our Pluto, the US Pluto by transit will be coming back in the sign Capricorn, which has never happened before, bringing in all these plutonic qualities of the underworld and death and rebirth, catharsis, transformation, and so on. Power of money, corruption, things like that. Of course, we've got this danger of the civil war between right and left um, going on now, what just happened with January 6th and over the last couple of years and all these fears and dangers going on. So um, at any rate, next year 19 will be the repeat from Jupiter of an 83-year cycle to 1939. And on September 1 of that year, Adolf Hitler uh, in a whole disguise kind of thing, um, basically invaded Poland with the help of the Soviet Union at that point. And that started World War II. So uh, I'm not saying that Jupiter every 83 years has to be bad, but there's a connection that we need to understand that every 83 years, Jupiter is, is very much transiting the same places. And so there is a historical marker, which brings up the question of are, are we repeating ourselves historically? And we know with the, with the pandemic, we know that the last terrible pandemic was 1918. And we have been making the same mistakes over and over again in 2020 and even in 2021 of not recognizing these problems of too many people thinking, well, I don't see anything and I have freedom to do whatever I want. So I don't have to wear a mask. I don't have to social distance if I don't want to. If I want to go to church or temple or or mosque and, and I don't want to if I don't want to wear a mask, then I don't have to. And so we have all these cross purposes going on and. 
and on the same token, we could study, which, which I've done myself, and watch different videos and documentaries about how we failed in 1918, and we're making the same mistakes. In 1918, we didn't have medications. We didn't, ha we didn't even know what it was that was happening. And again, you can read and study all about that. Now that we have a vaccine that's coming out, we still have so many different people who are going to say, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take it. And I understand there are reasons why, you know, our government has lied to us about UFOs. Our government has lied to us about John F. Kennedy, which is now already 57 years ago. We still don't have all the information. Donald Trump said he was going to release it. He didn't release it. He had an opportunity to do that. Uh, and he had, if you remember during the primaries, he had, he had said Ted Cruz's father was involved with Lee Harvey Oswald. Now Ted Cruz's best friend and best buddy for whatever reason after the two were at loggerheads in a terrible, you know, angry confrontation back during those primaries, 2016. At any rate, um, our CIA, the origins of the FBI, so many different things within our government, toppling different uh, freely elected figures, whether it be Allende in Chile, uh, Mossadegh in Iran, and around the world, we have been involved partly because of the the plight of having to deal with the KGB or Red China and different other countries with their authoritarianism and their warlike energies, we have have our own CIA, which wasn't in existence at the beginning of our country at a Department of War. It was under Harry Truman in 1947, right at the time of Roswell, right at the time of the Arnold uh, flying saucers over Mount Rainier, which is, to me, I've, I've done this whole study before they did a whole series of podcasts a little over a year ago uh, about Star Wars, the connection with George Lucas and all those movies, as well as the birth of Flying Saucers, June 24th of 1947, two weeks before Roswell. And so these are very profound kind of things, and we haven't been told the truth about that. So it's not surprising that there's so many people in our country, and I do understand that, who might not want to take a vaccine, who think that like somehow or another it's bad or it's not going to do it's not going to cure what needs to happen. Or again, there's still a lot of people who think what's going on is more or less a hoax. I mean, look at the pictures from January 6th, people barging in and breaking windows and going into uh, the Capitol. And so many of those people, and at the rally before that, and still at many rallies since then, right after the Super Bowl uh, in Tampa Bay, when Tampa Bay defeated the Kansas City Chiefs, they showed pictures of celebrations in Tampa in that town, so many people uh, cheering and, and celebrating without masks. And then a similar thing happened, uh, I guess, in North Carolina played Duke in basketball somewhere in North Carolina. I guess it was uh, in, they were at home and uh, dozens of college students celebrating a particular victory by I think it was North Carolina over Duke. This is like a week or so ago. Pictures taken of so many people in college not protecting themselves. We've got the same thing that's going to happen with spring break. Um, there's a lot of different things that happen. And if we're not careful, we're going to just be in jeopardy again. So this is the shadow side uh, of the problem of Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius. Because Aquarius is the universal air sign. It's always been called the universal air sign because it's at the end of the zodiac. So you got Gemini as an air sign in the first part of the zodiac, you got Libra in the second part of the zodiac, you got Aquarius in the last part. So the fact that we got the largest two planets together, yeah, there's all these great gifts. It's not necessarily, we're not at the beginning of the Aquarian age, um, but as I shared before in one of my podcasts going back 22 years ago, where I had a cover story that the, the uh, 
Aquarian age would take 90 plus years to begin. So Jupiter and Saturn at the beginning of Aquarius is one component of that. Pluto, after it comes back three times for the United States in 2022 and late Capricorn, will then almost come back at the end of 2023 again. And then in 2024, Pluto will be going to Aquarius. And that's where we inaugurate our presidents, which is another whole issue, which I shared before and what I'll keep sharing again about the dangers of the next inauguration, well, the next election campaigns of 2024. I've already shared there's going to be a total solar eclipse on April 8th of 2024. There's also the United States secondary progressed a new moon in Pisces about two weeks before that. So there are some really great dangers that are going on for our country. And this year, 2021, which I'll report more about in a future podcast, we've got Neptune going opposite our Neptune from July 4th of, of uh, 1776. When the country was born, Neptune was at the Midhaven or at the top of our chart in Virgo. And now we have Neptune in Pisces. And so it's 165 years since the last time, that's a Neptune cycle, that Neptune was in Pisces in this position of going through Neptune opposing our Neptune. And that brings us back to the time period before the Civil War of what's called Bleeding Kansas. And I'll get into that again, having to do with Kansas and Missouri and uh, Missouri having come into the Union as a slave state um, a couple of decades before, and then Kansas eventually coming into the Union as a non-slave state. Um, nevertheless, this leading um, to the beginning of the Civil War, and the beginning of the Civil War, uh, on April 12th of 1861, Neptune was at 30 degrees of Pisces, and then going into Aries. And we're going to have a repeat of that in 2026 of Neptune being at the end of Pisces and going into Aries. It's still about five years away. However, the the time period of 1856, 57, 58, 59, 60, in the prelude to the Civil War was one of the most bloody, dangerous time periods before we did have the Civil War. And now Neptune is back over the next couple of years in repeating that particular cycle. And this year we also have Neptune not only opposing our Neptune, but squaring our Mars. And I did share... Um, a podcast having to do with esoteric astrology about the qualities of Uranus relating to what's called the seventh ray of, of ceremonial order, synthesis, and magic. And the sixth ray in this esoteric system of the seven rays, the sixth ray connected both to Mars on a lower level and Neptune on a higher level having to do with idealism and devotion, which can turn into fanaticism. Now, one of the reasons I'm bringing this up is when we go back to when Bitcoin came into being and there were, um, well, let me go, uh, I'm, not, I'm not presenting that chart, but I said that's 12 years ago. Remember, at the Sun-Mercury retrograde conjunction that just happened two days ago, we had six celestial bodies in Aquarius. Again, re-emphasizing Jupiter-Saturn in the universal air sign. This has to do with virtual currencies. This is connected back to Elon Musk, and I'll share more about his chart in a moment because he's born, turns out, with Mars and the North Node and Vesta in Aquarius. So it's not an accident. It's a synchronicity that he decided two days ago to do this $1.5 billion. What I'm saying, it's a cosmic alignment. It's a synchronicity. Uh, whatever his motivations were, whatever he was trying to do, obviously he knew that from the standpoint of what we would call outsider trading rather than insider trading, when he when he files with the SEC to put 
billion dollars into Bitcoin, it's going to jump because you've got a person who's who's an extraordinary figure with SpaceX and Solar City and everything he's doing with Tesla Motors over the years and the, now he's the richest person in the world. You're not going to you're not going to invest one point five billion dollars where nothing's going to happen. So the fact that he did this with the Sun Mercury conjunction that's one big thing. Well, I will look at that chart in a moment and give you more details about that. Um, but at any rate, back to when Bitcoin came into being about twelve years ago. Just so you know, in general, without giving you the particular day, time, whatever, Mercury was in Aquarius. The North Node or Fate Point was in Aquarius. Chiron was in Aquarius and Neptune was in Aquarius. So I've just been talking about Neptune because we're going to have Neptune in Pisces opposing the U.S. Neptune. This will be several times. I'll get into more of the dates in 2021. Neptune is actually a higher octave planet to Venus. Venus is the traditional planet that, that rules Taurus in the second house and charts having to do with money, your own uh, investments in money, what you have in the bank, how many, how many dollars you have, dollars and cents, and dealing with things that have to do with your own personal finance. Once Neptune was discovered, aside from many other things that it rules regarding the, the uh, Neptune was discovered September 23rd, 1846, and its rulership is across the board. Communism, socialism, romanticism, dreams, visions, all kinds of things, but it also can have a lot to, and, and idealism and devotion. It has a lot to do with mass, uh, mass emotions, and it's much more of a kind of collective consciousness energy. And it was also considered, just like when Uranus was discovered, many astrologers said this is the higher octave to Mercury, that Uranus is a mental influence, that it represents intuition beyond the intellect and the communication energies of Mercury. Once Neptune was discovered, it represents or has a lot to do, and I can't explain all the reasons why, to all the currencies in the world having more to do with universal flow of money and assets and financial affairs. Now, again, like any planet, Neptune can represent, can be a shadow side. It can represent confusion and chaos, particularly on a vast scale. Now, um, during the time period when Bitcoin came into being and then other cryptocurrencies came into being uh, in the couple of years after after this time period from 12 years ago, Neptune came back to its discovery position. Neptune was discovered in 1846. It has a cycle of 165 years. What happened was, and without getting into specific dates, and this is something I was watching and I was involved in creating a business website at this particular point and working a lot with Neptune in terms of its influence on currencies. In 2011, Neptune came back to its discovery position, which is in um, amazingly enough, very close to the United States moon uh, at 26 of Aquarius, as well as our palace Athena at the same degree. And now I've studied, uh, again, Quayor, one of these outer planets, is at the same degree. So when the United States came into being, we have the moon in Aquarius, we have palace Athena in Aquarius, we have this, uh, this planet called Quayor, another planet beyond Pluto, and these three are all in the one degree of the zodiac, which is 26 plus degrees of Aquarius. And we just had Mercury make its station. That's part of the reason this has exploded with Elon Musk investing in Bitcoin. Mercury not only went into a retrograde cycle, but it stopped exactly on our moon, our pals Athena Quayor, exactly that degree. So this is not an ordinary Mercury retrograde cycle of three weeks. It's made much more intense for the United States. In fact, I just wrote in Global Hotspot 
the reason that we had a nor'easter, Mercury has very much always been involved in the history of astrology with astro-meteorological issues. Before finding out about the asteroids, we also have Juno, one of the four main asteroids, when it's negative. Juno has a lot to do with peace and harmony, and all. it's almost like a second a Venus energy. But when, when Juno is negative, when Juno is somehow misused, it all also represents a goddess of storms. It has a lot to do with rage from, um, from people who feel belittled. The, the four main asteroids, the smallest of them is Juno. And as my main uh, female mentor, Eleanor Bach, who brought us the first asteroid ephemeris, I've said over and over, 1973, Ceres, Athena, Juno, and Vesta. And I would go to her classes in lower Manhattan um, in the beginning of, of my astrology work when I was... 22, 23, 24 years old. And then eventually Eleanor Bach, who passed away in 1995, she wrote a series of articles on all the asteroids. And I read from her, her work in some of these podcasts about Pallas Athena and Vesta and so on. So um, she in particular would articulate that Juno on a mundane or earth level can be a goddess of storms. And that's what we're having right now where there's a ice, snow, polar vortex, and I just wrote about this in the global hotspot this coming week over the next couple of days, because tomorrow we're about to have this new moon in Aquarius. We have this beautiful alignment tomorrow, February 11th, the Venus conjunct Jupiter, and the moon with Pallas Athena. There's a lot, a lot of auspicious energies, but at the same time, we're in this Mercury retrograde cycle that started with, with Mercury on our moon, Pallas Athena, Quaor, exact, and now Juno is conjunct the south node of the moon, which is in Sagittarius. And that's becoming more exact in the next 48 hours. Um, so we've got Juno, unfortunately, can be negative, particularly from a national or international scale. It would be great for us to say, yeah, well, let's just work with positive Juno. And as individuals, we can do that in our own individual lives. We, at least we can make the attempt, but on a collective level, in a community, for a, na a state, a nation, for the world at large, this is part of the reason why, even though Mercury retrograde doesn't have to be negative and can be positive on a more collective level, socially, culturally, collectively, this is why Mercury retrograde or a planet like Juno with the south node of the moon can turn deadly and negative. We do have to learn lessons, as I try and write in the Cosmic Calendar, which is now for 40 years, about the potential of misusing celestial bodies, whether they be retrograde or in a square or in opposition or whatever they may be in. And so for individuals, this is why we want to use things like the Cosmic Calendar, and hopefully you will do that by getting it for free or subscribing at a very low rate so you can look into the future and not just have it one day at a time and start working with these different cycles and help to create more goodwill around the planet. As I've said before, um, if you do get the subscription to the Cosmic Calendar, there's a little section which we hope to develop more as a mini Facebook, and I just put another entry into that, to create goodwill for our nation and around the world, connecting up to an organization called World Goodwill. Where I worked um, before I went to Findhorn in, in 1976, I worked at Lucis Trust, Lucis Publishing, the Arcane School, World Goodwill Triangles. They have offices around the planet. It's the teachings of Alice A. Bailey through 
the Tibetan master DK, who was her teacher for 30 years. There's dozens of books. As I said, if you go to lucistrust.org, L-U-C-I-S-T-R-U-S-T.org, you can get all kinds of complimentary material. You can decide if you want to order any of their books and teachings, which are phenomenal. And I've been reading these for 40 plus years, and I still read them, and I still study them. It's part of my life study on spiritual levels. And I, I, as I shared before, I'm a strong believer, having studied reincarnation and metaphysics, astrology, numerology, the tarot, created two tarot decks in my life, working a lot with, with the tarot in different systems, um, Taoism, uh, studying Lao Tzu, different world religions and philosophies, Rudolf Steiner, the Theosophical Society, which is connected very much to, to my life at, at Fintorn. Uh, as well. The birthday of Fintorn goes back to um, a similar date for the founding of the Theosophical Society, which was founded November 17 of 1875. And Fintorn, founded by Peter and Eileen Caddy, was founded November 17 of 1962. And um, over on, uh, on uh, my cosmic calendar, Astrology Cosmic Calendar, I'm doing these five-minute segments called Astrology in Five. And I'm reading from my self-published book, Mysteries of Venus, that I self-published back in 1986. Uh, sold all those books. So unfortunately, unless there's something you can find on Amazon, they're all sold out because they were self-published and I never published again. But I am reading selections to learn for to share with you more about the spiritual qualities of Venus, that Venus is not just what we think it is in terms of love and romance and friendship and creative artistry. It's a lot more than that. And Venus, in terms of its esoteric power and spirituality, is very incredible and is very important for all of us to study. So that's a little pitch for astrology in five. But also in the astrology cosmic calendar, if you become a subscriber so that you're tuned into several weeks into the future at any given time for a rather low rate, then you can also tap into what I share with the cosmic chat where I'm giving different quotations from different books and that we can all be part of world goodwill together, creating goodwill, peace and love and harmony around the planet. And I think astrology has a role in doing all of that. Again, that section, the cosmic chat will be developed. It's not, it's in its infancy at this point. There's also um, what's called astroflash of different kinds of things where I look into the future so that again, encouraging you to decide to subscribe so that the uh, astrology cosmic calendar is not just one day at a time, but you can get into it for several weeks um, into the future at any given time. Okay, so um, the chart that I'm not giving out is because there's discrepancies of exactly the beginning of, of Bitcoin, and I don't want to put something out to the public that isn't 100% correct, and I also don't want uh, different people sort of focusing on that particular thing. It's the time period that's important. There was a there were a lot of Aquarian energies. And so on uh, two days ago, which was a power event in and of itself, the Earth, Mercury, retrograde, and the Sun lining up at what we call a new Mercury. We had Saturn, Venus, Jupiter, Mercury, the Sun, and Pallas Athena in Aquarius. And this is all connecting back to the Aquarian energies, several planets in Aquarius, including Neptune, back 12 years ago. And the other thought that I wanted to mention was Neptune came back to its own discovery position in 26 of Aquarius uh, from September 23rd, 1846. Neptune returned in 2011. I didn't finish that thought. 
And what happened in 2011 when three times Neptune came uh, returned. And at the first two times that Neptune exactly came back, we had um, international gatherings of the group of what we called the group of 20, the group of seven or eight, depending on whether, whether Russia is a part of it. And they were, they were trying to figure out, and this is interesting because Neptune symbol is the trident, as I just shared before, on certain levels, Neptune is a higher octave of Venus. So Neptune does connect up, aside from all of its myriad of meanings, positive and negative, with higher financial realities or world currencies. And we know the symbol of Neptune is the trident. So what was happening was there was a, a move afoot. This was during the Barack uh, Obama, uh, Joe Biden, President, Vice President administration, and, and the different leaders, Canada and, and Germany and France and England and Japan and so on, all part of the, the G7, the G8, to come together as well as the G20 to possibly create a tripartite system. The, the, the United States dollar has been what we call the reserve currency at the world of the world since 1944. So that the dollar is the sort of foundation principle. And this is part of the whole shift where Bitcoin is trying to become a, a value, a storage of value that's different from gold, it's different from silver and so on. We don't want to get into all that, but of course, goes back to the Franklin Roosevelt time creator becoming president and going off the gold standard where our money used to be uh, related to gold. And without going into the whole history of that, that changed when Franklin Roosevelt became president in March of 1933 over the next several weeks. And there was a bank holiday and banks were closed and the, the price of gold shifted and changed from what it was uh, from $20 to $35 an ounce and different things were happening at that particular point. And that took us off the gold standard. And then in 1971, a time of Richard Nixon, we completely went off the gold standard. So gold used to be the way we backed currency in the United States or the dollar. And But nevertheless, in 1944 at Bretton Woods, the dollar, the U.S. dollar was considered and still is considered the, the main currency of the world where everything gets converted into dollars and so on. Now, in 2011, as Neptune came back, there was a movement to try and make, if I can remember this correctly, the euro, which had just come into being, the yen from Japan, and the dollar into kind of a three-part currency, again, thinking Neptune, higher octave to Venus as a money planet. And at the first two meetings between the G8, G20, they were making progress. And then when, when Neptune came back for the third time, oddly enough, thinking again, Trio, Trinity, Neptune, the Trident, they couldn't come up with a decision. So this is very interesting because had they been able to establish, which they did not do with the main countries, then we would no longer, or we'd have a different system of dollars and things like oil and gold and silver and these different currencies, we would have established amazingly with Neptune, this cosmic force coming back for the first time ever. And part of the reason that this did not succeed is that as I've shared before, there's something very unusual about when Neptune was discovered, it wasn't alone. At the discovery of Uranus in March 13, 1781, Uranus was in Gemini. Nothing was right with Uranus. When Pluto was discovered on February 18, 1930 from photographic plates from the month before in Flagstaff, Arizona, Pluto was in the sign Cancer. It was by itself. It wasn't with something, some other planet. But when Neptune was discovered, and it was interesting, three different 
astronomers sort of connected to this in order for it to happen again, the idea of the Trinity. On September 23rd of 1846, Saturn was conjunct Neptune. And so in my estimation, I've shared this before, one of the problems we have in trying to understand Neptune, and this is dangerous for this year where Neptune is gonna oppose our own Neptune as a country and square our Mars. We have Mars at 21 of Gemini in the US chart from July 4th, 1776. We have Neptune at 22 of Virgo. And as I've shared now, I, we, we know that there's this planet called Chaos conjunct Neptune at the top of America's chart. So we've got Neptune conjunct chaos within one degree. Both of them are squaring our, uh, our US Mars. That's a permanent square that's abrasive and frictional between those celestial bodies. And as I shared before, from a spiritual standpoint, Mars and Neptune are considered the lower and higher octave rulers of what we call the sixth ray, which is part of this esoteric uh, ray system. You can read more about that if you get into Lucis Trust and the Alice A. Bay Bailey books. Uh, that has to do with idealism and devotion. In a way, um, America in its personality level is dealing a lot with the last 2000 years of the Piscean age, but now we're struggling to enter an Aquarian age, particularly with Jupiter and Saturn and Aquarius. As I shared before, Neptune is now in Pisces, but it was in Aquarius back at the time of the beginning of Bitcoin and these other cryptocurrencies. And now we've got the two largest planets, Jupiter and Saturn and Aquarius. They're reactivating Jupiter and Saturn, what happened when Bitcoin came into being, which launched the cryptocurrencies, if you can follow that. And again, now we are in this wild west of all these other currencies. And again, so we got, let's, let's shift gears over to Elon Musk here. Uh, Elon Musk, and this is amazing. I'm going to connect Elon Musk to Nikola Tesla. And I wasn't planning to do this until 20 minutes before this session. Obviously, Elon Musk is recognized because he became the CEO of Tesla, which again, that chart is given a sunrise chart, July 1 of 2003 in Palo Alto, it's a sunrise chart. So this is interesting because you'll see the sun in that chart on the left side, nine plus of cancer, you'll see Mercury and Saturn close together in early cancer. By the way, uh, the Mercury-Saturn conjunction for Tesla Motors that was incorporated July 1, 2003. Now, at that point, uh, Elon Musk wasn't a part of the organization. Two other people started it. He came in a couple years later and then became CEO. Uh, notice that Tesla itself has a Mercury-Saturn conjunction just above where the sun is on the left side of that chart, uh, right on the United States' Venus. Um, so Venus for the United States is at three plus degrees of cancer, you'll see Saturn, Mercury there. You'll also see the sun and the sign cancer. Now notice the date, July 1 of 2003. Elon Musk is born in Pretoria, South Africa, June 28th of 1971. Again, that's a sunrise chart. If you look at where the sun is at sunrise on the day of his birth, you'll see the sun at five plus of cancer. Now that's the United States Jupiter degree. So even though he's born in South Africa, his uh, see father was Canadian, his mother was South African, Elon Musk, you can read more about him in Wikipedia. It's very interesting about what is going on here. It turns out that Nikola Tesla was born old style. He was born in Croatia, Nikola Tesla, the famous scientist engineer. If you look at the patterns of what Nikola Tesla brought, brought with his great life, with engineering and experiments and so on as a rival to uh, Thomas Edison and so on. He lived to be 86 years old. 
the life and the experiments and the uh, innovations of Nikola Tesla and then think of Elon Musk and what he's been doing now. So here's the amazing thing, and I didn't know this until just before I started. Elon Musk is definitely born June 28, 1971 in, in Pretoria, South Africa. Well, guess who else was born June 28th? Nikola Tesla. That was old style. The Julian calendar was still in operation in what we call Croatia in 1856. Now, the chart you'll see is for July 10, 1856, which is new style or the Gregorian calendar. But he was born. When he was born, it was June 28th in Croatia of 1856. Now, what are the odds of this? That Elon Musk, who then, uh, he was part of uh, PayPal in the beginning and made a bunch of money through PayPal. And I mean, you can go back through everything he's been doing. So I'm not going to go into a whole retinue of what Elon Musk has been doing in his 49 years. But I, but right now, he, due to different things with Tesla stock skyrocketing recently, with uh, investing in Bitcoin, but even before that. Now, he is very controversial. I'm not going to get into he's a lot of strange views about uh, the pandemic and different things he said and different predictions he's made that have been way off about a whole lot of things. But again, he's this incredible pioneer wanting us to go to Mars with SpaceX, uh, with Solar City, with other things that he's invested in with AI and all kinds of other kinds of things. So he seems to be kind of a, a modern day or potentially a reincarnated connection in one way or another, at least from his birthday. So this is not <laughs> fake news here. Um, I wasn't, I didn't think about this. I wasn't thinking that Elon Musk could be the reincarnation of Nikola Tesla. I, of course, I've been aware for many years. Okay, he wound up, Tesla came into being. I hadn't studied the incorporated chart until just a couple of hours ago so that I could present this thing, July 1, 2003. So what's interesting is that we've got three entities here we've got that you can now explore. You can go back to Nikola Tesla who was born old style June 28th, 1856, the same day that Elon Musk is born in 1971. Again, the same day, okay? <laughs> so I, I know I'm repeating myself, but it seems like astounding to me. And then you start looking at the life of Nikola Tesla and what he was doing, uh, several things that are just unbelievable parallels uh, of the kinds of things that T Tesla was in, into in the, in the late 1800s and then into the 1900s, and a lot of things that were also questionable, and his rivalry in particular with Thomas Edison and also having worked at, at, at Edison's uh, plant. But there's no doubt about his genius and about the different things in his life, and I was just reading, when you read about Nikola Tesla, apparently he had cholera when he was a, a, a teenager. His father was a priest uh, back in the Croatian area, and then Suddenly, the kid went wild uh, with, with, in school and was overworking himself. In fact, his teachers, uh, when you read about this and about Nikola Tesla, were saying he's going he's gonna to destroy himself because he's working so hard, but he did so well with his different tests and so on, and eventually getting into all kinds of uh, innovative things that you can read about. Just a fascinating personality. Um, having to do, of course, with alternating current and many of his other inventions. Now, a number of movies have come out the last couple of years or the last 10, 15 years about his life and rivalry with Edison and others and also on the History Channel as well. But the, the point is, is that you'll see in the chart, July 10, 1856, that's the Gregorian date or what we call the modern new style calendar. But the guy was born on June 28, 1856. So... Uh, 
he's a sun sign cancer just like Elon Musk is a sun sign cancer and Tesla incorporated July 1 2003 is a sun sign cancer now these charts are all connected in many ways again to um, Aquarius okay so you go back to Nikola Tesla's chart for July 10 of 1856 look on the right side you'll see Chiron in Aquarius you'll see Juno in Aquarius okay so not a whole lot of Aquarius but there's still Aquarius there Notice the North Node in Tesla's chart is a 20 of Aries, the, the horseshoe figure, up toward the top of the chart. Again, we don't know if that was literally the top of his chart. This is a sunrise chart, but it is accurate for the day of his birth. The North Node for Nikola Tesla, 20 plus of Aries, that's the United States Chiron that I've shared before. Chiron is shamanism. It's mentors. It's the wounded healer. It's alternate ways of looking at things. The guy invent, invented alternate current, the AC. And so Chiron is very much connected to alternate medical kinds of things. It has a lot to do with science and medicine and different kinds of techniques that are outside the normally accepted system. So this will be a fascinating chart to look at more in the future. But nevertheless, having his fate destiny point in the northern node right on the United States Chiron, by the way, the south node in his chart is the United States Juno, because the closest alignment for the United States is a Chiron-Juno opposition from 20 plus of Aries to 20 plus of Libra. Now we see Nikola Tesla, who was a Serbian-American who gained American citizenship in the 1890s and lived in many New York hotels. In fact, he died January 7th, 1943 at the New Yorker Hotel. And there's a whole history there of the different hotels he lived in in New York and his explorations of what he built in Long Island and in Colorado Springs and so on with wireless uh, telegraphy and before the invention of radio and so many different things. He's an extraordinary figure, but there's a lot of mystery. And, and maybe now through Elon Musk, we have at least whether he's the same soul or somehow picking up on the same vibrations. I can't say whether he's the same exact soul. Nobody has at this point that kind of level of knowledge, but I'm just presenting the fact that this is really fascinating. So when Tesla uh, Motors comes into being, we have Neptune is in Aquarius in 2003. Now that's the only celestial body in Aquarius, but get this, the Venus-Jupiter conjunction tomorrow is at 12 plus of Aquarius, exactly conjunct um, the Neptune for the start of Tesla Motors. Now, Tesla Motors then has become Tesla Incorporated. It was founded, still has its founding, I believe, in the Palo Alto, California. Recently, um, there's, there was a, uh, a factory in Fremont. Now, uh, Elon Musk himself, who's been married several times, that's a whole other issue, is apparently living in Texas. Uh, there are a number of things in the Tesla chart, and this is not, I'm not talking here about like that people should invest in Tesla because I have no Tesla stock and so on. But again, it is interesting that he, uh, that Tesla as a company has Neptune in Aquarius and tomorrow Venus and Jupiter are going to be making their conjunction right at that spot, which is interesting because Venus conjunct Jupiter, even though it happens on one day and it's at the new moon, uh, that degree of the zodiac, as Eleanor Bach would say, is a now sort of lit up degree. And that's also interestingly where Joe Biden, President Biden, has a palace Vesta conjunction right at that spot, which is no minor position. So we've got the Venus-Jupiter conjunction tomorrow, 
at a very powerful new moon in Aquarius with Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius. We've got Pallas Athena in Aquarius, which is considered so much connected to problem solving, strategic thinking, knowledge and wisdom gathering, as well as strengthening the immune systems for all of us through uh, the, uh, getting vaccinated. And the whole field of immune, immunity in general, uh, I've shared this before, that, uh, and I read, I forget which podcast it was, we can go back to my 13 podcasts on the coronavirus and the pandemic, because I also read two times from Eleanor Bach sharing about Pallas Athena. And our defense department, we now have a new defense chief, uh, and I think we have a more reliable defense department now than we had during the uh, Donald Trump years, at least from my understanding and looking at things that are logical and reasonable, not from a political standpoint, but from logic and reason of having at least people who have experience in these positions and not so different people that unfortunately the former president was putting people into power who just did not have the right backgrounds, did not have the extensive backgrounds to lead, whether Department of State, Department of um, of defense and so on. So many different departments have been led by by individuals that have not been good people to be running them. So I think we're on better standing now. That doesn't mean that the world situation becomes any easier because we've got issues with Russia. I just did a podcast about Russia's Saturn return. Modern Russia came into being December 25, 1991, and Saturn has just come back. And now we have, a, you'll, you can listen to that podcast about Alexei Navalny, having come back from Germany after being poisoned and now under arrest for the next couple of years and with thousands of supporters. We don't know what this is going to lead to in Russia. Uh, Putin's been in power for 20 years. I do sense that he will stay in power for a couple more years. But as I shared before, Stalin was in power after the death of Lenin in 1924. He, Stalin, with all the terrible things that happened in Russia from 1924 to 1953 with gulags and World War II and uh, the Soviet Union aligning originally through the, uh, their non-aggression pact with Germany, where they both uh, divided up Poland starting World War II. And then two years later, Hitler reneged on that. And then in Operation Barbarossa invaded the Soviet Union. That's what led to Hitler's demise, just like Nep uh, Napoleon had, a, had his demise in this same kind of situation of trying to control Mother Russia. So Russia is important because of all the nuclear weapons and its vast territory and the fact that Putin is still the authoritarian leader. He's been there a long time. And now we're going to have a Putin and um, Joe Biden in their interaction. And if something were to happen with our president, I hope that doesn't happen, but he's 78 years old. And if he were to stay in office, he'd be 82. And he is somebody who um, had uh, two brain aneurysms a couple of decades ago. And we've got the stress of being president of the United States. And so now, as I shared with uh, the rise, the astrological rise to power of Kamala Harris, part one, if you want to go back to that, because we have a woman now, a woman of color, the first woman in the vice presidency, one heartbeat away from becoming president of the United States and joining the realm of, of women uh, monarchs and prime ministers and presidents, of which there are many and have been for the last several decades and continuing so. So this is all part of, um, I'll, I'll share more about um, Kamala Harris's chart. And not from a political standpoint, I'm not coming from a position saying, oh, you know, her views are so perfect because she's part of the Democratic Party. 
I'm looking at it from the from the cosmic celestial energies and the U.S. birth chart and the inauguration chart and the cycles that have been coming down the pike and just dealing with the reality that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were able to win back those northern states of Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania and added on Georgia and Arizona. Um, I don't think I, the odds that there would be the exact reversal of the electoral votes from 306 and to 232, which Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton by and said it was a, it was a landslide. What are the odds that we would get the exact mirror reflection of 306 to 232? I mean, that doesn't seem as if it's just an accident or peculiar. It's a lesson. I felt all along that um, the impeachment, not that it shouldn't have happened, but that it wasn't going to be the way in which the American people, if they wanted to vote out Donald Trump and Mike Pence, they would have to do it at the voting booth. And that's exactly what happened. And look, let's look at it this way. I have not been any fan and supporter of William Barr, but it turned out that even William Barr at the very end, he resigned uh, before the end of the Trump administration. And he declared that based on everything he could see in the system as Attorney General of the United States, that the election, that there were no major um, problems with the election. Now, he, he had been supporting Donald Trump for the last couple of years, and you would have thought, well, he could have chimed in and said, yeah, you know, there's been all this hocus pocus and stuff, and he declined to do so. And the Supreme Court, with its conservative new members under Donald Trump, uh, Barrett and Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, um, Donald Trump believed now he had all of these conservative members, it would be easy to contest with lawsuits, the different results in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, and it didn't happen. The Supreme Court wouldn't wouldn't accept these different lawsuits or these these um, uh, rulings to, in order to go into the Supreme Court. So why did that happen? The, I've shared my different views about all that. So we had election. It was a fair election. We could get back into um, people saying it was stolen. It wasn't stolen. But you can, if you want to have those beliefs, I don't think many of you listening to me have those beliefs. You can go back to the record of what exactly happened and what the different states and the legislatures of those states and the counting of the votes and why it happened and how it all happened. Okay, so, you know, I'm, I'm nearing the end of what I want to share with this more of an introduction here. There is a lot more that we can talk about, but what I find absolutely fascinating is there, I guess, what I wanted to say here at the end, there's no accident to me, I think it's synchronicity, that Elon Musk wound up becoming the CEO of Tesla, that Tesla in its incorporation, again, a July 1, 2003 beginning, is just a couple of days, um, two days after, or three days after Elon Musk was born, June 28, 1971, I mean, in terms of the calendar, and we go back to Nikola Tesla, who is the namesake of Tesla Motors, and we find that he's born old style June 28th of 1856. And so all of these energies are very interesting. And these are the energies of the United States Sun and our Venus and our Jupiter and our Mercury, which are all in the sign of cancer of the United States for the Declaration of Independence, July 4th, 1776. We've got Elon Musk, who is now an American citizen, having come from, been born from parents relating to Canada and South, South Africa. And he is um, a major figure in America and now the wealthiest person in the world. 
And we go back to Nikola Tesla, who came from Croatia, who made such an enormous difference in terms of alternate philosophies and skill sets with engineering and all of his inventions. And he's the namesake of Tesla Motors. And Tesla Motors is July 1 of 2003. We've got all these Cancerian energies, which represents roots, home, foundations, and they're all connected. So why does suddenly, and then it's interesting that Jeff Bezos, who had been the world's uh, wealthiest person, has just said, and this was just before Elon Musk uh, put the $1.5 billion as a filing through the Securities Exchange Commission into Bitcoin, he had uh, that Jeff Bezos, who owns the Washington Post, as well as, of course, Amazon and so many other companies, decided I'm going to step down in a couple of months and then he'll he'll do his foundation, whatever he's going to do, similar to what Bill Gates did after all those years with Microsoft and now doing so much work with foundations. Again, he's a questionable figure. People keep looking at Bezos as questionable. Anyone who's got billions of dollars, they're going to have questionable things. One of the things that just happened in the last 24 hours after um, Elon Musk put in the $1.5 billion into Bitcoin was there was a, um, a communication from China. Now, I'm not going to get into all of that, but there is there are interesting, challenging connections between China's chart of October 1, 1949, where they come in with the sun and Libra, and particularly strong Libran energy in that chart of China has uh, uh, Neptune, in particular, Mercury conjunct Neptune in the middle of Libra, and Elon Musk has Chiron, at 13 of Aries. Um, so Elon Musk has a challenging connection between his chart again through Chiron in the middle of Aries with China's um, Mercury-Neptune conjunction. And also Putin, let's not forget Vladimir Putin, who is a, a sun sign Libra, has strong Sun-Saturn opposite Chiron for Elon Musk. So that may come up in some capacity too. Now, the amazing thing of what just happened with the Sun-Mercury uh, retrograde, what we call a new Mercury, where the Earth, Mercury, retrograde, and the Sun were all lined up two days ago when the, when the $1.5 billion was announced. The important thing there to note that, um, let's go to where it was. Okay, so Mercury, the Sun, and Pallas Athena all were at 20 of Aquarius. Three celestial bodies two days ago when Elon Musk stuns the world and sort of does this uh, bubbling, shall we say, this this 14% uh, uh, rise in Bitcoin because of, of what I call outsider trading, when somebody that's that well-known, the richest person in the world, does this SEC filing. I mean, it's one of the things I've often thought about the absurdity where so many people are investigated for insider trading that they knew something that maybe they shouldn't have known. And then the IRS or SEC or different people investigate them. And then they're, what happened with Martha Stewart, particularly in that case where they lied to the FBI and that's what got her. But um, in particular, where insider traders are not supposed to have information. But I find it very fascinating that we've never that we, we have no correction for outsider trading. You know, and I think it would be a really amazing philosophy. I'd actually wanted to write a book about this at some point. You take Oprah Winfrey you know, with her magazine and then she invested in Weight Watchers. And I remember this is a number of years ago and suddenly uh, Oprah Winfrey, for all of the great 
things she has accomplished with her show and her communications and now on her own TV uh, channel and things like that and how she's helped so many different people around America and around the world. At the same time, when you have so much money and so much clout and you announce to the public, hey, I'm joining Weight Watchers. And again, she's had these battle, this battle in her life about gaining weight and so on. That she, I forget what it was, being on their board or whatever it was. And then Weight Watchers increased. In other words, the stock of Weight Watchers went way up. That's the same thing that just happened with Bitcoin. Now, nobody, nobody's going to accuse Elon Musk of, of doing the surreptitious outsider trading. But when a person who's a celebrity or has enormous amounts of money goes through the system and announces, okay, with the SEC, guess what? I'm putting $1.5 billion into Bitcoin. He knows absolutely, and so many of the people are going to make out like bandits, anyone who's involved with Bitcoin because you have somebody doing it. If tomorrow Bill Gates said, you know what, I'm investing $2.5 billion into Bitcoin. If Warren Buffett were to do that, now again, if they file for that and it becomes an official thing, that's one thing. I was just reading that Mark Cuban, who owns Dallas Mavericks and who is a billionaire himself, and read back in his life, I was reading something where he said, I'm never going to share about like how, what cryptocurrencies he said that I own or not. He's not going to share specifics, but he has touted that the, the possibilities of Bitcoin you know, could go very high, but he, he's not necessarily talking. And of course, other people who, I mean, it would be unimaginable at this point if a person like, like Jeff Bezos, I'm, this is just a guesstimate here. At this point, after Elon Musk did what he did with Bitcoin, I mean, so many of these people were probably already invested. You know, Jeff Bezos, I know Warren Buffett has often mentioned things askance about Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. And again, so we what we have here about cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin, depending on where all this is going to go in the future, there's still this Wild West energy. What we still have are the banking systems that have been developed during the Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions that began in 1841, 1861, 1881, 1901, and on and on, all the way through 2000. We are only now starting the Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions and air signs that will run for about 180 years. So we still have these big banks. We still have um, the U.S. dollar as the currency of the world because we failed at the third Neptune return at 26 of Aquarius back in 2011 to create a triple currency or world currency system that connected the euro, uh, uh, the yen, and, and the uh, dollar. Now, of course, now we have China's currency or currencies, and that may be part of the reason that the, the growth of China and the power of Russia and other countries with gold reserves and other kinds of things. So maybe on the higher level, it was good that we didn't have at the Neptune third return uh, after 165 years from Neptune's discovery in 1846. 2011 was a key year. And I remember watching it very much in terms of Neptune as a, as a higher octave to Venus. And all I can tell you is Neptune is very involved with money. It's involved with currencies. And that means that also Neptune in your own chart, its transits, its natal position, its house positions, its, its alignments in your birth chart has a lot to do with if you get into stocks, if you get into bonds, when you're dealing with looking at your chart in terms of Venus and Jupiter and houses like the second house of money or the eighth house of other people's money.
things having to do with finance and business are very connected to these different planets. Every single planet is going to be connected to money and to assets and to stocks and to bonds and currencies and cryptocurrencies. So just like every, every planet and every sign of the zodiac is connected to different parts of the body, different systems in the body and so on, the same thing with celestial bodies. For instance, I've studied the the, stock, the great stock market crash of, 19, of October 24th and October 29th of 1929. And one of the things that existed at that time, because I've studied the panics of 1837, 1857, 1893, the, there have been these different financial panics in the United States. What happened in 2008, another example. So I've, I've written about that, I've shared about that, but the, one of the things that was very powerful in 1929 was, first of all, during that whole week when the stock, the New York Stock Exchange crashed, took several different experiences for that to happen. Pluto was undiscovered, but made a station that week. So that was one of the important things that undiscovered Pluto, which has to do with the underworld, death and rebirth, transformation. Remember again, Pluto for the United States is in our money house of the second house, and it's going to be returning three times in 2022, almost exactly at the end of 2023, and then it's going to go into Aquarius. And when it goes into Aquarius in, 19, in 2024 and we have another election, that's not only the sun degree, for inauguration of presidents ever since 1937, one degree of Aquarius. But when Pluto hits one of Aquarius and goes back and forth at that point in the next election cycle in, in three years from now, 2024, we're going to elect another president. Then Pluto's going to ignite the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction that we just had, the first of these air conjunctions in the universal air sign for the next 180 years. So that's another reason why the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, while not giving birth the Aquarian age, is so significant because it's the first one of these 20-year cycles of Jupiter and Saturn. So that one degree, zero plus of Aquarius, is going to be a key for like 180 years. And Pluto, the most extreme planet, although now we have Eris, we have Sedna, we have Chaos, we have Varuna, we have... Um, these different celestial bodies, Quay or that are all beyond Pluto, uh, so many of them that, but nevertheless, of in terms of planets that we've been using for decades now, Pluto returning in 2022, almost again in 2023, and then hitting z zero Aquarius and going into Aquarius. I mean, we're in for a tremendous challenge as a country with all of these archetypes. So, uh, again, um, the, the final thought I want to say here is that Mercury, Sun, Pallas, Athena, triple conjunction two days ago when Earth, Mercury, retrograde, and the Sun were lined up and the Bitcoin $1.5 billion investment by Elon Musk happened. If you look at Elon Musk's chart, now again, this is a sunrise chart, but nevertheless, Mars doesn't move very far in the course of a day. Look at Mars in the eighth house of this chart, 20 plus of Aquarius. You just can't make this up. So the Sun, Mercury, and Pallas Athena, which has a lot to do with knowledge and wisdom, strategy, and problem solving, at least for Elon Musk. I mean, think about how much money he made, uh, whatever he owned in Bitcoin, when he knows as the world's richest person, he's going to file this. Again, this is what I'm saying. We've got much more of a problem with outsider trading by celebrities where they are going to make an absolute fortune. 
part of the reason is nobody can do anything about it. I mean, what can you accuse Elon, Elon Musk of doing? Is it, is, is it his fault that he has more money than anybody else? So when he does anything by, by just imitation, all kinds of people, if he, if he decides, like what if he decides, and, and again, I remember the filing, it said something like, in a limited way, and then he also talked about, and this was the other thing, that's why I brought in Tesla, that he's saying that Tesla cars with these innovative cars could, that, that um, people could, could use Bitcoin potentially. He didn't say it absolutely, I don't believe. But the plans are that people would be able to buy their Tesla vehicles, which are tens of thousands of dollars, through Bitcoin. And one of the problems about Bitcoin and certain currencies is you can't just use Bitcoin everywhere. Because of this division between the old banking system, holding on, and we've had different things. Remember, there was the Libra currency. We don't hear that much about it from Facebook. We don't know what of these cryptocurrencies are going to work. It seems like Bitcoin is the most logical main kind of thing, but is still, again, it's almost, when you think of the, the concept of the Wild West and all these different cowboys going out and you know the, the cavalry going out as we basically destroy the Native American territories in the process, this is part of the sins of our country. If we get into the problems we've created from um, the white supremacist nationalist energy, you know, if we're thinking of it that way, of the different explorers who came from Europe, um, came into the United States, from England, from France, from Germany, from different countries. And then, of course, with the discovery of gold in California, and then the Pacific wave coming in, particularly to California and from all over the planet, settling in the United States. So we've got this whole issue that has been coming up, which is very dangerous of how it has affected uh, between the slavery issues of going back 401 years ago now to 1619, as well as the destruction of Native American tribes and all these different things that have happened, so much of which has been negative. So part of this whole thing has been discovering these different planets like Uranus in 1781, Neptune in 1846, Pluto in 1930, Chiron, 1977, and now these other planets and how they affect the different charts. But I find it astounding that somehow this particular trade uh, from two days ago with Sun, Mercury retrograde, and Pallas Athena, all being at one degree of the zodiac, and that one degree, when you look back to Elon Musk's chart for June 28, 71, is exactly his Mars. Now, think also, he wants us to go to Mars. That's the thing. He's not wanting us to go to Jupiter or Venus or the moon, SpaceX and everything else, he wants to send civilians to Mars. Now, I have a lot of question marks about this, having to do with cosmic rays. Unless you create some kind of warp drive, it takes seven or eight months for a spacecraft to get to Mars. Now, I understand, like, again, just like with the Nikola Tesla, this person is a pioneer. And, you know, uh, kudos to, to a person like Elon Musk for how well he succeeded. Now, has he created a lot of controversy. Absolutely, you can read about it through the different biographical sources. And again, he apparently tweeted, it was in two plus years ago, almost three years ago, that there was, gonna, that there was a private investor who was going to buy Tesla. And then the Securities Exchange Commission said that was a lie. There was a controversy about it. Again, uh, he was penalized. He was also forced temporarily to be, not be the chairman of Tesla. He was still on the board, and I guess that's changed, but he was penalized for a while. But when you have all of that money, 
Um, basically, you're beyond systems like the Security and Exchange Commission. Same thing we found. Um, the Congress keeps bringing in people like Jack Dorsey from Twitter, uh, Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook, and different executives, and they're they're criticized, and therefore the politicians can say, yeah, I criticized Mark Zuckerberg, I criticized Jack Dorsey, and then nothing necessarily happens with these different organizations. I know the former President Donald Trump, probably to his credit, where credit is due. Now, again, he may have done it because he, he doesn't like people who have a whole lot more money than he does, and he wanted to change certain things in, in the United States policy. Um, which he wasn't allowed to do, but he was trying to do it before he left office to limit the power of Facebook, to limit the power of Twitter and some of these other organizations. Now he's off of Twitter. Now he's off of Facebook, perhaps permanently in these ways. I don't necessarily agree with that 100%. I don't think, even even though I enjoy the, the process now where we don't have hundreds of tweets a day from the former president of the United States, I don't think it's a great plan. Even Angela Merkel, Merkel mentioned this from Germany, and, Ger and she's no fan of Donald Trump. But when you go down the road where, where certain people are going to be banned from these organizations, the, the problem is, is you have an authoritarian figure like a Mark Zuckerberg or a Jack Dorsey, somebody with an extraordinary amount of money making these rules about individuals, about whether they can be free or not. And the other thing, of course, from the standpoint of, of taking somebody off Twitter or Facebook, whatever. And again, I understand that because if you've got people who are doing fake news and riling people up to create insurrection and creating all of these difficulties, then you gotta, you gotta do something to keep, whether those individuals or any individual from spouting off things as we've seen with the QAnon movement and different militias and so on whether from the right or if it's Antifa and other organizations from the left, whatever, whatever extreme we're seeing, to put up things that are false, to put up things that are conspiracies that aren't true, and to try and hoodwink people and take people away from logic and reason. To me, as a, as a professional astrologer, the key thing about astrology to me, and I think what anyone else in my position, 47 years, here's the key, we're working with a cosmic geometry. We're working with mathematics. We're talking about 360 degrees of the zodiac. We're talking about mathematical aspects of 180 degrees or 60 degrees or 120 degrees or conjunctions where the planets are exactly together or as you'll see in the cosmic, um, the astrology cosmic calendar, I share quintiles of 72 degrees. That's considered a minor aspect, but it's very powerful. It's, it's like putting a five-pointed star in the zodiac where planets are separated by 72 degrees. And once in a while, I'll talk about biquintiles, when planets are separated by 144 degrees. In the cosmic calendar, if there's a grand trine developing or exact, I will report about it. Grand triangles where three celestial bodies are 120 degrees apart, making a 360-degree pattern. It's considered an exalted, inspiring pattern. Often it happens because the moon is in a particular sign, makes trines to two other celestial bodies and creates a grand trine. These are things in the cosmic, the astrology cosmic calendar, grand trines. Sometimes we have, aside from first quarter and last quarter moons, when the sun and moon are at right angles, we'll have a grand cross where planets could be uh, making literally, a, we would call it a cross or a grand square, four 90 degree aspects as well as 280 degree aspects. These are the kind of things that astrologers work with. So there are people who sometimes listen to me and they don't like the fact that I wrote the, the 
astrology rise to power of Kamala Harris. I'm not writing about that because she's a Democrat or, or seemingly liberal, and that's the opposite principle to people who are conservatives. As I shared before, when George W. Bush was running against Al Gore in 2000, he had the better chart. I wasn't, I didn't like his politics. I didn't like his father's politics either. I've shared before, Donald Trump has never been a, re a real Republican. He's never been a conservative. You know, he just has never been. He's taken over that party. He was, a, he was doing 14 years as the apprentice and the celebrity apprentice. If you look at Donald Trump's life, everything he's ever done has never been, it's never been conservative at all. It's always been an iconoclast, somebody who, again, he, he, was, he ran on a kind of thing of draining the swamp and put in all these different people who had no, so many of them, no expertise. There are very, very few of the people that Donald Trump put in any positions of power or leadership who, who would be the best people to have. As JFK, those years, the best and the brightest. Now we actually are beginning to go back to some of that. Now, I'm not saying every single person will probably have over the next couple of years. Somebody will resign. There'll be a scandal. Somebody will do something within this Democratic administration that will not be a good thing. Or, or they'll be weeded out before they're, they're given that. Or they'll, be, they'll be, go through a, a Senate confirmation and something will come up and Joe Biden will say, uh, that was a wrong choice. We didn't vet that person, or hopefully they will vet the person. So there's definitely things on both liberal, progressive, Republican, conservative, but let's not call Donald Trump a conservative or Republican when he has never been that. And that's what I think we're seeing finally with what the Republican party has to deal with with the second impeachment, that there are people already, a handful, there, I doubt whether I will be shocked and I think the country would be shocked, even though we see all this evidence now this week, things that we hadn't seen before of this insurrection and people breaking into to, to the Capitol. And potentially, with a just slight shift, they could have strung up Mike Pence. And he was with his family. And they could have kidnapped and killed Nancy Pelosi and others. We've heard the, the reports by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of her fear. And the people back banging on the door and not, not knowing if she was going to survive. And I think we have to look at some of that and see what was happening there. Now, this was a right-wing insurrection. Could we have other things as we had in 2020, as we had in the past with civil rights movements and uh, Black Lives Matter movements that get violent and property is destroyed and police are attacked and police stations and fire departments from the left? It's already happened. And we've had cities going up in flames, Detroit, Los Angeles, you go back to um, the Watts riots, we go back to 1968. There were things throughout the whole country. We, recently, there was a whole thing in Wilmington, North Carolina, um, of the takeover of the government, terrible things that happened against uh, black individuals in North Carolina, things that happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma, things that we didn't even know about because the information had been buried for so long. So we're at a de definite crossroads. And as I said before, I mean, I'm going to finish up here, but the charts are very ex extraordinary in this situation. This is only a preliminary investigation of cryptocurrencies connecting up to Jupiter-Saturn cycles now in the air signs for the next 180 years. Now you know more of the basics. These charts will help you Will if things keep changing with things like Bitcoin and other currencies. I'll report about it. 
and um, we'll keep looking at this situation. But again, you know more about uh, Mercury retrograde and its power. We just saw that two days ago. And the fact that uh, Pallas Athena, as I shared before, these other asteroids are so connected. And you can go to Astro Business Keys, complimentary on the website, uh, at Great Bear Enterprises to see the themes and archetypes of the sun, the moon, the four main asteroids, Chiron, and the planets. There's a tremendous section that's free. The global hotspots, which has to do with full moons and new moons, that's all complimentary on Great Bear Enterprises. Earth Aquarius News is our news section. There's extraordinary amounts of information there. So uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see, time-wise, wow. Exactly two hours. I I have not done a two-hour podcast in a long time. I'm going to end on this note. Two hours is a shorter plane flight than three-plus hours or three hours that I've been doing. But at least you now have the basics here of what's happened this week. Um, my goal is I definitely want to do, just so you know, another podcast having to do with Kamala Harris uh, at some point. I think it's important, not from a political standpoint, but first woman. Uh, Vice President, heartbeat away from Joe Biden. We've got to think about that. And I don't think enough people are thinking about what that would mean and what the challenges would be for our country. And that's something I think we really have to wake up to, uh, regardless of politics, that if some if Joe Biden didn't feel up to it or in a couple of years um, decided he couldn't run again. And again, I think it's really questionable whether an 82-year-old is going to be running for a second term of office. So, and, and I'm going to bring up, I don't want to spoil it. There's some very interesting rivals, aside from Donald Trump, to who might run against a Kamala Harris, assuming that she, I would think, as long as she does reasonably well, depending on what happens with Neptune opposing our Neptune and Neptune squaring our Mars as a country and the Pluto returns, we don't know what's going to happen with this pandemic and whether we ever get herd immunity, which seems very remote. We have a lot of white hot issues with the Middle East, with um, North Korea, with Russia, with China, with other rogue countries. Let's not forget um, terrorism that comes from um, the still fighting of what I call the Crusades between, between Islam and Christianity. And we've got uh, already just in the last week, uh, the United States decided we're not going to support Saudi Arabia, which is another whole issue in this battle with Yemen. Uh, and there's all, again, we've had this these surrogate countries battling where we have Russia and China who have always been supporters of whether it's Iran or Syria, and we are supporting Saudi Arabia uh, against Yemen, and this is not a good situation. So we're beginning to have a more logical and reasonable approach to who we're sending weapons of war to. And again, the Persian Gulf, for various reasons, having to do with the United States birth chart, as well as uh, new moons and full moons. If you go to the global hotspot and you look at the one I just wrote about for tomorrow, the Aquarius new moon, you'll see actually in the world map, we always put a world map as well as a US uh, map of the new moon or full moon. If you look at the world map, if you look at it closely through the Persian Gulf, Pluto and Saturn are both under the earth through parts of the Persian Gulf. So we've got another, I will keep watching this. And again, as I shared um, in the Kamala Harris um, podcast, which is very important, we know her birth time gets on a birth certificate. And that way we can use what we call astrolocality and astrocartography to move her around the planet 
particularly if she becomes president of the United States, then suddenly everything changes. As vice president, she still has an enormous role to play. Um, if she, particularly whether it's doing things virtually or going on missions where she's part of um, different summit meetings and different kind of connections to world leaders. But because a lot of that is not going to be happening in the regular way while we have a pandemic, a lot of that will happen virtually. But Joe Biden's birth chart is 8.30 in the morning, but it's not as if we're getting it from a birth certificate. Just like we had Donald Trump's exact birth time from his birth certificate, we never have and still don't have Mike Pence's birth time at all. We know his month, day, and year, but we never knew his time. If he had become president or somehow uh, Donald Trump had resigned and, and then Mike Pence took on the presidency, if they had won, we wouldn't know. Um, the time of birth of Mike Pence, unless somebody had finally figured it out or asked for it, but because he's a rather religious individual, he may not have wanted to give it out. So having birth time is very important. So I'll end with that. Again, with the reports that we have in the astrology shop at Great Bear Enterprise, there's the astrology report area. And with, you know, whatever birth time you have, hopefully from birth certificate, you can order these different reports to get transits and progressions. Skylog, Timeline, Life Progressions, this special three-in-one with Sky Within, Natal Report, A Year of Skylog, and Numerology. With our numerology reports, you don't need a birth time. You need full name at birth and month, day, year birth. But whether it's ordering reports and or getting a consultation, it's always really important and useful to have your time of birth. And if you don't have it handy, you would want to order a long-form birth certificate from the Bureau of Vital Statistics, Birth and Death Records, usually in the, um, the capital of the state you're born in. Again, a lot of people have a birth certificate. Sometimes it's not on a short form, but it's on a long form. There may, again, in your family, you may have a baby record or uh, somebody had written down the birth times when you were a child, that kind of thing. But um, to get any kind of astrology reports, like the reports that, that go as attachments to email in our astrology report area, uh, it's really useful to have your birth uh, time as exact as possible, and that will really help you to get the most accurate kind of reports. Okay, well, I look forward to doing a, the next future podcast. We will continue also with the Soul Awakening Astrology 2021 and beyond. There's a, just a lot more that I'll be covering about that in the near future. Eventually, I'll get into the nuclear axis um, that I've been working on for 38 years of astrology and atomic energy and nuclear energy doing so many features in Welcome to Planet Earth magazine back in the 80s and 90s on that subject. And again, there is an article in our Earth Queries News section about nuclear energy, and that would get you started there. All Again, that's complimentary. So I wish you all many blessings, healing, light, love, and wisdom to all of you. And I'll look forward to sharing with you next time uh, with our podcast. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.